So we've been supporting recruiters to grow, to learn, to get a new job. So that's when we kicked off the, the key webinar series. And at the end of the day, I think that that's really helped us to position ourselves, to remain top of mind, to create sort of a goodwill equity, as I like to call it, with a lot of the people in our community. All right. Welcome to the Resilient Recruiter Podcast. This is your host, Mark Whitby. My special guest today is Duca Hirsma. Did I get that right? More or less. All good. Thanks uh, for the invitation. <laughs> Thanks for being on the show. No Mark. problem. Duca is the co-founder and CEO of We Are Keen, based in Amsterdam with clients throughout Europe. We Are Keen provides RPO services to fast-scaling technology companies and they have a community of well-trained tech recruiters, and they also offer training and masterclasses to upskill recruiters. Now, before becoming an entrepreneur, Duca worked in the staffing industry for over 10 years. He's held several international leadership roles, mostly focused on new business development and building sales teams. And in his last position, Duca helped set up a new entity in Germany. So, Duca, welcome. Great to have you. Um, Thanks, Mark. I, I tried messaging you earlier and autocorrect really struggle with your name. So if people are looking you up on LinkedIn, yeah. it's D-O-E-K-E is yeah. Duka. And then Hirtsma is G-E-R-T-S-M-A. And yeah. I apologize if my pronunciation is off, by the way. No, no, no. It's good, right? We're from different countries. We have different uh, different uh, uh, pronunciation, languages, names, right. and so on. Uh, that's uh, embrace uh, the diversity here. It's all good. Right. Absolutely. I um, I love Amsterdam. It's one of my favorite cities. And I remember I stayed once in a hotel on, uh, I think it was called Katzengrat, or I'm not sure if I'm getting that street name right. And the taxi yeah, driver yeah, told me that be. it stands for, that the, the, the street is is uh, basically means two cats having sex or something like that. Um, have oh, you heard right. of Kattegracht probably. Well, I'm not, not it, entirely sure it. if he was playing tricks. I'm not too sure if he's playing tricks on you or not, but it's a good area of the city. That's for sure. It's a nice place. It's, it was pretty cool. So you referred to me yeah. by Adrian Kolf at Ma- uh, Matcher. Uh, what's, your, yeah. what's your connection with yeah. him? Well, I think uh, one of the things which I find really interesting about the recruitment industry, possibly more so in the Netherlands, but definitely on a European level as well, is that it's it's quite a uh, well quite a dense community, right? And a lot of people uh, right. are are involved in in the network and trying to add value and so on. Um, and with Adrian, he's basically another entrepreneur in the recruitment industry. Um, uh, well, more or less in the same area where we do stuff. We have a different approach, different ideas, um, but um, uh, that's how we. Could Connected, and we just exchange exchange messages. Uh, sometimes I help him. Sometimes he helps me out a little bit. Um, so I guess we're sort of friendly friendly entrepreneurs, and uh, he's a he's a really nice guy. So that uh, that helps a lot. Yeah, he, uh, he super nice uh, folks over at Matcher. Aren't aren't don't you sort of compete or overlap in terms of what you do? Maybe, maybe actually you could start by explaining your your business model at We Are Keen. Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. Well, we, we like you did it in your introduction as well, right? I think most people refer to RPO. We tend to call it embedded talent acquisition. So what we try to do, like we support usually fast-growing tech companies who've usually just did an acquisition, uh, picked up a funding round, and with this uh, funding, they need to scale their, their teams. Um there's a few things that can happen, right? Depends a little bit on what they're, 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 they're what they're trying to scale, right? Is it their people team? Is it a tech team? Is it a product team, etc. But uh, basically, we usually come in when they have a really massive peak in their demand, and, and they're looking to to basically add extra specialized capacity to their recruitment teams and, and or extend their recruitment teams. So that's usually when we come in with our tech recruiters, and we, we we embed them in the, into their teams, uh, which nowadays is is usually virtual. Uh, unfortunately, but the idea is the same. So we buddy up uh, with existing teams and we talk directly to the stakeholders, et cetera, to get a really good understanding of their, their needs and their demands are. Um, and then we help them scale for a period of time. Uh, usually projects run anything between six to 18 months, basically. Um, and um, yeah, that's that's the nature of our, our business model. It's a subscription-based model. Um, and um, yeah, I guess the, 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 the overlay with these types of other companies, of course, there are, there are more is that um, 
Uh, if you look at all the activity that's going on in, in the European in the European scene with uh, uh, money coming in, uh, companies scaling and, and reaching different uh, uh, statuses, a unicorn level or even way before, um, there really there's a, there seems to really be a real um, need for specialized uh, tech recruitment, usually for a certain period of time, right? So some teams need to scale their teams on a permanent side as well. But usually, whilst getting there, they can't they can't afford to wait till they have the permanent team in place. And that's usually when they reach out to us, hey, can you help us scale? We just need to hit the ground running. Uh, let's get a team up and running. I don't know next week or next two weeks, um, so we can hit on our on our milestones basically in, in terms of hiring. Um, and then along the way, uh, when they do start hiring their own teams as well. It's sort of like a, a fade-in, fade-out model almost, I would say, right? So we have a larger team on site. Um, we help them with the hiring, sometimes with the processes, sometimes with employee branding, sometimes with a bit of their uh, their IT, etc. cetera. Um, uh, and it allows them as well to work on their internal processes, etc., cetera, and, and to build their own teams usually. And then that's completely fine with us, right? So we're completely fine with sort of zooming out or fading out again after a certain period of time. And then they can have their own teams up and running. And we've just been the sort of, well, the enabler in that sort of, in that, that time in between, I would say. Wow, that's super cool. So um, you're saying it's an embedded model. It's on a subscription basis. Contract might be six to 18 months. And it's in yeah. particular to meet the demand of uh, a company that's scaling very rapidly. Their infrastructure, yeah. their own uh, recruiting teams, they don't have time to build those teams. So essentially, they yeah. uh, would get We Are Keen involved. And do you do the entire thing or you work alongside, they might have a small recruiting team or like, or do you own the recruiting function completely? Well, that, that's very different, I would say, per phase of, of the company. Because <clears throat> like what you see is like if, if companies are a bit like further in their development, in their in their growth phase, basically, they usually already have like teams in place, they have processes in place. So, so sometimes they create like a carve out. So we have I know we, we're launching a tech hub in Lisbon or in Poznan, Poland, or wherever, and it's a really clear, well-defined project carve out. And we want your team to be deployed to do the hiring over there. And when companies are usually a little bit smaller, right, and they might not have really well-defined processes yet, or they're struggling a little bit with employer brand, or and they're just trying to figure out things, we could we could like take over the, the complete function. But in most of the cases because we're working with slightly more, let's say, developed or slightly more mature skills, I would like to call them. And the, the, usually the, 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 the most um, basic processes are already in place. So then it's usually a project or a carve-out that we, that we tend to work on. And, and, and if, if companies are slightly smaller, then it becomes like a really fluid model, right? So we have the team of our partner, we have our team. They really like come together, they buddy up, right? Uh, with usually certain domains, right, within their hiring. Um, and then from there on, we just, uh, we just help them out with really extra capacity and extra recruitment power, basically. Wow. But so we're never like we're never, in, we're never we're never we're never in between, right? It's not like we do the sourcing and then uh, we we bump it up into their inbox and hope that the magic happens. Basically, so we do the one thing that we always do is end to is, is end to end, right? So we want to do end to end uh, recruitment. What What do you mean by that end to end? Well, then we want to be in contact. Let's say, uh, uh, as an example, we want to talk to the stakeholder. We want to get a really clear overview of what are uh, the, 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 the recs and specs of a specific job, and then own that process in terms of also doing the reach out, usually specifically tech and product hiring, the sourcing, and so on, and uh, until uh, offer stage. And of course, again, it depends a little bit on how, what the setup is. Yeah? So where are the where are the cuts in the process, depending on the company that you're working with. Um, but that's usually uh, well where we can provide the most um, uh, uh, added value, basically. Mm, interesting. So why did you decide on this business model instead of running a more traditional, you know, recruiting and staffing company? 
Well, yeah, interesting question. Well, I, mean, I, I worked at a, a relatively large staffing company. Uh, it wasn't when I started, actually. I think there were like 50 people. When I left, there were close to 1,200, 1,500 people or so. So we saw a tremendous growth um, across Europe, actually. Um, and, and, and one of the last assignments I did for them, and that's how I really got sort of into the, in, let's say, into the taxi more more or less, was that I had to set up shop in, in, in Germany with, uh, with, with, uh, as part of a team. And um, I ended up in Berlin, which is a city I absolutely, uh, absolutely uh, love. And obviously, there's such a thriving, uh, dynamic uh, tech scene in, in Berlin. And so we started supporting uh, the, the larger companies there as well as smaller companies. But and like SoundCloud was really hot back then. Zalando was scaling like crazy. Uh, Delivery Hero was doing amazing things already with, uh, with some of their uh, delivery services with Foodora and so on. So there was a lot of activity there. And um, what I saw happening there, because Usually, then, with the proposition of my former uh, employer, was that we really were helping out in low entry level jobs, so either couriers or customer service, customer success type of jobs. But usually, when I was having conversations with our VPs of people or talent uh, directors, whatever, um, the conversation usually uh, gradually turned into, "Hey, uh, we also have some serious uh, challenges on the tech and product side. Uh, would that be something where you could support us with as well?" And that was not really part of the proposition that we had. And at the same time, usually yeah, when we then would be walking out the door, they would be asking, hey, uh, hey, if you know like a really good uh, tech recruiter, uh, well, just let me know. It'd be great that if you could add someone to the team. Well, I heard it once. I heard it twice. Uh, twice I heard it 10 times. I was like, what's going on here, right? What are, what are you all doing here? Um, and in the course of the, the few years that I, was, uh, that I was fortunate enough to spend time in Berlin, you can just see this sort of evolving. So there would be one company... Um, with massive growth, they picked up some funding, and then for a very relatively short moment of time, they would need basically the hyper hyper expertise of uh, tech recruiters, right? And you can just see them struggling. The result, the struggle was always the same because then uh, they would start looking for people, they weren't there. Uh, they would start hooking up agencies. Of course, there were agencies, but it would not basically not per se solve the issue because then they would start working with let's say five or ten different agencies. Uh, and the amount of work would not necessarily decrease because then they would have like 10 different contact persons from 10 different agencies trying to support them with people. And, and, and more often than not, they would get sort of offered the same people as well. So the added value there, of course, is there, but it's very different from what I feel from our model because with our model, it allows us to be really on site with our uh, with our partner. Um, we get a really good understanding of what it is that we're after. Uh, we have direct exposure to their hiring managers, so we get a really close and clear understanding of, uh, of what it is that that really helps them out, basically. And because we're in between, it doesn't uh, uh, force them to start talking to, uh, 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 let's say, 10 agencies because there's such a high demand that they, know, they don't know where to start or they don't know where to end either, basically. And, uh, and uh, from a business model perspective, um, I feel easy that I say it, obviously, but we can provide way, way, way better value for money in that sense because we have people on site. Like I said, it's a subscription-based model, so it's clear which what are the costs up front. Um, um, so in terms of adding value and doing it against a specific pricing, we feel that we have a model in place that um, well really helps and supports our, our, our partners, basically. Awesome. So you saw this dynamic happening when you're in Berlin, there would be growing tech companies where there'd be this massive spike in their hiring needs. They're going through yeah. hyper growth and the solutions available to them were, were not meeting their needs. They were struggling to find enough, yeah. especially uh, technology uh, hires. So you identified this gap in the market and thought, you know, we could we could deliver something here, which is going to solve this problem. When did this light bulb happen? Yeah. And when did you kind of officially launch the business then? Oh, yeah, cool. Well, it was basically, I mean, uh, when I spent some time in Berlin, obviously I've, I've like, I got sort of to know the, uh, the, the scene or, or the network there a little bit and then, and then started talking to all these people. So what are your needs? And obviously my mind was already quite focused on, on recruitment. Um, I'd known for quite some time back then that, well, there was sort of a, a dream or an idea or a vision of mine to start my own, start my own business and to become basically an entrepreneur. Cause I really liked that energy, that dynamic that I saw happening around me, albeit in the 
in the in the tech space and that like we're not a tech company obviously we're like a, i think 100 percent uh, people people company um so i guess sort of it was a gradual process of talking to those people so what it is exactly that, that you need and obviously there was this and this there's on the one side there's really high demand and on the other side um there was a scarcity of of good of good recruiters of, of people who know what they were doing who like what they are doing right, um, and that's where I think um, uh, the, the real connection came because um, I've always been really interested in in developing people in in developing learning programs in allowing people to learn to make mistakes but moreover to really upskill themselves like eh, from from uh, a specific level into another level um, mm-hmm. so that's why we came up with the idea why don't we design a tailor-made program to upskill recruiters specifically mm-hmm. not with the idea to have uh, let's say juniors or graduates coming out of university because like I'm not sure what happened to you but like I don't I don't I don't meet too many people who are in in college or in university I want to be a recruiter this usually sort of happens right and you could have different backgrounds right, right. but then all of a sudden you end up working for usually an agency and then what we saw happening there's usually sort of a tipping point let's say any anywhere between the first year or the third year that you're that you're in in sort of a, a recruiter position in, in which way or form and then you think oh my god i really i really like doing this right this is something that i really enjoy doing and that's usually sort of the tipping point that they that they see that hey but how can i make sure that i become the best as i can be within this profession right and then they start looking around are there other companies where I have more learning abilities or something in which I think is really um, uh, uh, that you see happening a lot within sort of uh, the new generation more more or less, right? That they're really keen to start learning, to start developing, to start upskilling themselves. And so we really thought that so, so there's so many people starting recruitment without a preset idea I want to be a recruiter then after a year, year or two or three well they know the name they know the basics right they know how to do a conversation they know perhaps how to talk to a stakeholder or a client depending on the position that you might have um, so why don't we design a program that we can sort of get these people which is the sweet spot let's say two to three years whatever who know the basics but moreover they know by heart because they've been doing it for some time that this is that this is the job that they want to do and now they just want to be really really good at it right so that's how we sort of design a program um which would allow us to provide the people working for us with a really steep learning curve so let's say they would enter their entry level would be here and then within a 12-month period we try to achieve a really steep learning curve for them on the one side, providing them with in-depth trainings by um, um, TA professionals, so people who have a really nice track record uh, within recruitment, uh, let global teams develop uh, TA functions, whatever, and provide them with coaching. So uh, everybody struggles sometimes, right? You know, sometimes you just need a peer, and it's like just really like to get to get ahead in in your work, basically. And obviously, at the same time, provide them with cool assignments uh, at cool companies, uh, and so they can re- actually experience uh, what it is to either go through hypergrowth, set up a TA function. Do whatever is uh, is necessary to uh, to uh, to get the job done, basically. Um, so, and so we thought we sort of try to create the best of both worlds, and with a, a, a learning environment and an on-the-job assignment, and then combine them to make sure that our people uh, will, that's at least in our opinion, would have the best possible uh, uh, path to success or to become, I guess you could call it like the best versions of themselves from a professional's perspective. But also from a from a from a personal perspective, personal development perspective. This is such this is a genius business model because what you're do, essentially you're developing your own talent pool of um, of tech recruiters who you know the standard yeah. that they've that, that that you know they're competent and so on because you've trained them right. Is this a um, how does it actually work? Can do recruiters take the master classes that you offer before you decide to work with them and actually embed them with one of your clients or like is it a is it a separate revenue stream or do you only train them after they join you how does it all fit together 
Well, we've been like we've been playing ar uh, around with the Keen Academy. Like it was, it's, it's like it's an integral part. Like it's it's really it's really to the the core values, core pillars of who we are with with Keen. And so we've now labeled it the Keen Academy. So from day one, it's been basically set up primarily to train our own people because we feel it's important that um, well we want we just want to safeguard as well the, the quality that we offer to our uh, to our partners, obviously. Um, the end of 2019, we said, hey, well, there's so much sort of demand from the market. Hey, we got so many questions from TA leaders. Hey, can you train my team as well? I saw this module. I saw this masterclass. I heard people talking about it. Could you offer to us as well? So we, we played around with um, uh, basically opening it up to the market to see if we could really generate a revenue stream around it. Um, and then uh, basically COVID happened, and then, which sort of uh, well forced us to and speed up the process a little bit, uh, but moreover to go online with this this model. So I think, uh, uh, like within the first month of the lockdown here in the, in the Netherlands, we were doing uh, online masterclasses, which we opened up to the market to see if we can like really set up a specific revenue stream for for this. And I think in the course of three four months, we've trained close to three to four hundred people from like twenty plus wow. countries. So it was quite. It was quite interesting journey to go to go through, um, um, but we decided not to really double down that path because we felt it was sort of um, like with Keen, we were a really strong believer in what we. It's, it might be a Dutch expression, but hocus pocus focus. So do one thing extremely well and not a couple of things, basically. So although we learned a, a we learned a lot with this online masterclasses concept, basically from a from a like a, from a sales perspective, we didn't feel that it was contributing enough to our core business, basically, and and to a certain extent even was sort of leading away more to. To the, to the business development side of it instead of the, the, the and let's say, the personable and the learning development side of things, right? Um, so to, to answer your question, no, we've, we've decided not to, to really separately position it as a, as a continuous um, um, uh, revenue stream. Um, so it's still primarily set in uh, uh, learning our own internal team to get better at what they do. Um, we will be offering sort of a, a free version of the masterclasses um, in the course of, of this year. Um, and the only sort of revenue stream that we generate after it is based sort of if companies approach us hey, could you train like, if, if, like an in-house train? So could you train my team the next couple of months or on this specific topic or would like to have, let's say, a part of the, the whole program. So to give you an example, there's a big bank here in the Netherlands called the Rabobank. It's one of, of the or the biggest bank of the Netherlands. They have an internal recruitment team of 60 people, uh, which just trained those 60 people in conducting online interview trainings yeah, to get the standards right, uh, scorecards, uh, smart, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Um, uh, and we'll probably go down with some other trainings with them as well. We've trained the complete sourcing teams of Accenture, of Justy Takeaway. So there are some projects there, but they're more or less... I would be inclined to say this sort of happened more or less. So it's not a, I don't have in my budget for 2021, I want to have sold X amount of internal trainings. It sort of more or less happens because we think it's extremely fun to do. We work with some extremely talented, nice talent acquisition professionals who love sharing their experiences as well. Of course, if we do that, we try to make a bit of money out of it and that's completely fine. We're completely transparent about it, obviously, but it's not a core um, revenue stream of, uh, of, of, of Keen. Got it. Okay, so the core revenue stream is this embedded uh, tech recruiting subscription-based model um, for yeah. fast-growing companies. And um, yeah. what are the biggest challenges or roadblocks that you have um, had to overcome in order to get this business off the ground and, and, and working well? Yeah, um, yeah, interesting question. Well, like the, the, the thing what we thought was extremely important for us, and I think a lot of, a lot of eh, entrepreneurs, founders, uh, business owners, whatever would say so, is that 
to me, specifically being in the recruitment industry, it's, it's a service business, right? So it's, it's, a, it's a non-tangible thing, right? So I'm not selling you a bike and you think it's an amazing bike or it's a, it's a crappy bike, right? So we're talking about people here and about services here. So to me, what's extremely important um, and to my other co-founders, obviously, as well, was that we felt that if, if we felt that if we could offer a specific quality of services, that this would allow us for a, and let's say it's a bit of a popular thing to say, but for a really sustainable growth path, right? And, and obviously, like dealing with the companies that we're dealing with, right? They're usually like, they picked up, I don't know, 100 million, they picked up 20 million, and they need to double down their team from 50 people to 250 people, right? You need to really tap into that into that, that dynamic that what we can offer and et cetera, right? So um, I think quality is in, in that sense, been um, really, really important, been like sort of top priority, so uh, uh, one. Um, I think what to us is really important, and I think hopefully that sort of taps into the quality aspect a little bit as well, that some of the larger companies that we've been working for with, eh, we've been fortunate enough to work with from day one, they are still our clients after three years, right? So to us... Mm-hmm. And I know this is a popular thing to say, has yeah, some that partnership, but we feel that we want to work with a company for a specific period of time, and that could be a high peak, and then it could be like that, yeah, it could be a little bit less demand. But then, if the if the demand is back, then we want them to call us again. You know what I mean? So that's how we <coughs> look at building our portfolio of of, of partnerships. Um, across a, a longer period of time. And then to come back to your question, what is sort of the the, the, the hurdles or the, the things that we've been struggling with is obviously from our side as well, we want to attract the right people to our business who we feel can sort of uh, uh, yeah, act as an ambassador, I would, I mean, uh, I'd like to say, uh, on site with our clients and that they really well, uh, um, uh, that they really talk about the sort of keenness of, oh, they, oh, that's one of the keenies. They're, they're great. They're doing an amazing job. Uh, they let them be, basically, right? So that's what I, we're trying to uh, uh, achieve. And obviously, last year was, was tricky because uh, two weeks after lockdown, uh, 60% of our business was uh, was sort of uh, put on hold, more or less, or killed or non-existent anymore, whatever you want to frame it. So that really, um, well, had, we, we really had to readjust, right? So what are we going to do? So our cost levels here and our revenue stream just went from here to here, basically. So you need to adjust, right? And I think that to me, that was a really, I wouldn't say pivotal, but it was really interesting to see both internally as externally. So which people um, can you really rely on and can you work on and are really sort of, or putting their their money where their mouth is, more or less, right? So um, uh, it was some companies who we dealt, we worked with, they said like, oh my God, uh, everything's on a freeze. And I mean, I didn't blame them for anything, don't get me wrong, right? But it's just like, we just need to stop, stop, stop right now. Um, and there was also some other companies, which I would then sort of refer to as partners, who said like, Duke, uh, we're in this together. You helped us out when we were in in sort of in need. Um, uh, well, now it seems that you're in a slightly different position. So, uh, and we're not giving away anything for free here, right? But we really want to think with you, and we'll do everything um, uh, what's in our ability to make sure that we can well uh, uh, continue on the path that we've been that we've decided to go on uh, go down together, and basically have your people remain on board. And that was a uh, that was I think one of the most sort of um, or important lessons, or perhaps even most valuable insights that I, I guess I gained from the uh, last year as well. That like if you really help your partners out when they are in need, that usually comes back in any way or shape or form, right? So it could either be that they said, I'm sorry, we really have to get let these people go because we have 10 recruiters of our own and they're not doing anything, so I can't have your recruiters stay on board. But what we will do, and coming back to those masterclasses as well, um, we'll hook up our team with, because they don't have anything to do anyway because there's an iron freeze. So we want to invest in them if you can offer them a cool module or uh, some cool mod- cool masterclasses uh, the next couple of months, uh, we'll make sure that our that our uh, our teams will be uh, participating. So it was a little bit of give and take. And what I also found really interesting um, that 
So I made a, I guess I made a, a mistake or I did something that, that didn't really work. So like the lockdown happened and I sort of like, I, my default reaction was I'm going to do sales because there's no business. So what are you going to do? You're going to do sales, right? Um, but obviously nobody was, was open or was able to, to do anything with sales because we were in a completely new situation with the, with the lockdown, with the pandemic, with, with complete uncertainty uh, around what was going to happen. So I tried that for two weeks, and uh, uh, that didn't work. And then me and the team started thinking, so what can we do to make sure that we try to be of added value to the community, right? So we've been supporting recruiters to grow, to learn, to get a new job, whatever. And so that's when we kicked off the, the Keen webinar series, really pragmatic approaches around a specific topic, like snackable content around uh, lunchtime, where uh, industry leaders would share their ideas and thoughts and, and pract- really practical information on how uh, people who had lost their jobs were out of a job or on a hiring freeze or were in whichever way or form were struggling um, to, um, yeah, to get by, basically, and to get some new insights, and to learn, etc. And at the end of the day, I think that that's really helped us to position ourselves, to remain top of mind, to create sort of, uh, sort of a, a goodwill equity, as I like to call it, with a lot of the people in our community. And once they were hiring again, they, uh, they picked up the phone and said, hey, uh, Keen, uh, it'd be great if you could support us because uh, we're hiring again. And um, yeah, uh, let's get you on board. Since you're listening to this podcast, it tells me that you're someone who's interested in personal growth and business improvement. That's something we have in common. I really enjoy listening to podcasts, reading, and listening to business books, watching TED Talks. But by far the most important investment I've made in my own development has been working with a coach. It started back in 1999, 2000, when I was working as a recruiter. I hired a coach and he helped me to double my billings in 90 days. It was, it sounds corny, but it was really a life-changing experience. Since then, I've worked with various coaches almost continuously over the years, and it's made a massive difference to my own personal and business success. In fact, that first experience of working with a coach was the catalyst for me ultimately deciding that much as I loved recruitment, my true purpose was to become a coach and enable others to achieve their full potential. Fast forward to today, and I work with recruitment business owners to help them escape the feast and famine roller coaster and create consistent, predictable billings. If you'd like to know more, you can apply for a free strategy session at recruitmentcoach.com forward slash breakthrough. What you just said is super important. So I want to just laser in on that for a second because um, I believe the companies that will come through this difficult period of, you know, 2020 and extending into 2021 are the ones who are doing exactly what you've just highlighted, provided, of course, you've, you can manage your cash flow to, you know, stay in business during, you know, uh, uh, a time of decreased sales. But, um, you're focused on essentially community building is what you're doing. You are, delivering these web this webinar series you're adding value um to your but they could be clients they could be they could be potential future keenies as you call them right they could be yeah, yeah. Uh, you know but talent acquisition professionals recruiters um who can tap into your continuing education which builds your relationship with them which builds that brand equity that you were talking about. And I think just massively elevates your um, standing and your reputation in the marketplace, right? Because um, even if you're not immediately monetizing that, because or especially if you're not immediately monetizing that, because what you're doing is investing in those relationships and um, that will surely come back to you, right? Sooner or later, that's going to come back to you in the form of, you know, new business or clients. Have you, have you seen that happening yet? Or like what's been for you, the, the sort of benefit of, uh, of providing that, you know, that service? Um, well, it's always a little, it's always a bit tricky to say, well, I did this and then along the line, this happened. Right. But, uh, uh like I, I think, 
if you'd ask me in, in the team, uh, etc., that uh, it has definitely provided uh, quite a few of the opportunities that we're currently, or some of the deals or some of the projects we're currently working on. Um, I think, like I said in the beginning, I really, I'm a really strong believer in the in the networking thing and being transparent and providing value. Um, from day one, we said we want to build the, the, the biggest tech recruiter community or the, the best, the biggest, whatever you want to call it, the, the, the most well-defined tech recruiter community out there. Um, I think we're uh, on a path to 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 get there, uh, uh, basically. So I definitely feel that the the the, the, the effort and the energy and and, and I, I think what to me is really important. And again, it might sound a bit a bit cliche, but there's a there's a certain type of authenticity about it. I think that people feel and and like. Mm. So it's not that. We do a webinar around employer branding and then kick it off with a sales pitch and it ended up with a sales pitch and then go hardcore uh, uh, to everybody who signed up to say, uh, pick up the phone and um, and then let's do a sales thing, right? So um, that might not give us the, 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 the most growth on the short term, but on the long term, I'm a firm believer that this will this will sort of bring us out on top, basically, because mm. um, yeah, it's really what we do. We like what we do. Um, uh, and I think once we start working with uh, with companies, people also sort of feel this, right? So that we're, we're in it to do an amazing job um, uh, and we give uh, we give everything that we have. And, um, and if we see an opportunity to add value besides closing a deal, then we'll do it anyway because we feel that this could um, – well, bring us more in the in the long run, right? Because it's it's a give and take thing. So, uh, like I said, the example as well. So, uh, and and there's always a client relationship. There's always a commercial, like there's always sales involved, right? And that's fine. You don't have to be well. Uh, 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 you don't have to be weird around it. Like we're trying to make money, just as the companies that we're off that we're helping are trying to make money with their services, right? So that's fine. Of course. But I do feel yeah. there's a, there, there's a, there's a sense of. Um, uh, if you're sincere about what you're doing, you're authentic in trying to to, to, to get people uh, ahead in their game or in their development, and, and as well with the teams that we're supporting, the companies that we're supporting, that this will come back to you one way or another, either with um, an intro, a referral. Uh, I had to think if you talk to this guy, or I know they have a need, uh, reach out to them, etc. And all these things combined add up to that we're um, yeah that we're doing uh, quite well these uh, these days, which I'm of course extremely uh, grateful for 100%. Awesome. Awesome. So, uh, how many people did you reach or did you, did you, um, train through that period with your snackable content and everything? Well, there was like we had sort of, sort of two parallel streams, more or less. So we had the key webinars, which were free content, um, and I think we had close to three thousand signups um, wow. within. Well, of course, we're doing a we're doing a super niche, right? So I think those numbers are quite yeah. interesting. Um, we've Absolutely. seen actually a steady decrease of signups uh, in the course of the last few webinars because I think there's sort of a. And a webinar fatigue, podcast fatigue. Now, of course, you see all the things happening on Clubhouse, right? So there seems to be a little bit less momentum. Yeah. But I think we were one of the first movers with the first lockdown. So the first few webinars we did, we had like 400 uh, people in there from, I think, the the, uh, the the one with the most nationality. I think we have people signing up for 26 different uh, countries. So that was Fantastic. amazing. Um, yeah. And then we had sort of the, the, the had the paid masterclasses where we just asked a small amount of money because we thought we could see if we could sort of open up had this volume market with uh, our masterclasses. And I think in total we trained, like I said, around 300 people. With we did like five yeah. or six of them, I think. So it was, it was interesting. Um, it was not like a cash cow or anything, right? But it was uh, interesting. What I really liked about it as well because. Like we didn't have a lot of sort of new business then anyway. Like my team was not working on eh, ten different roles, or we we're not supporting uh, all these companies. So um, it was what I thought was really important for our internal team as well to work on something positive, right? And uh, which was we were working proactively on a new concept, and we were trying things, we were failing, uh, we were improving, uh, we were reaching out to people, we were talking to people, and we were not talking out, talking and reaching out to people, hey, can we do business? It was like, hey, we have this concept, and we think it might be interesting for your team to join, because they're probably in a slightly lower uh, uh, 
hiring uh, hiring uh, phase at the moment. So perhaps it's interesting for them to join a webinar because, and then you can invest in them, and uh, it's 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 a it's a win win situation more or less. So it, it allowed us on I guess on different on different levels to engage with uh, our target group in the terms and in the sense of yes. uh, recruiters who might be interesting for us in the future, and at the same time we could engage with uh, recruitment managers, TA heads, whatever, uh, um, who who are usually also struggling like what what do I need to do with my team right because there's there's no we can't we not we're not doing any hiring right um uh, and we were engaging with them as well so it, like that that really uh, it was fun there was good energy yeah there was creativity involved there was buzz involved so i think that um, yeah it was 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 fun to do and then the, the, the team had fun and they could sort of move away a little bit from the well, the the, 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 the the different situation that we were in in that sense with the company in that phase that we're not doing any hiring and that's not making any real money, uh, but they could still feel they were contributing to uh, to our journey and to our to our story. Amazing. I I want to pick up on uh, a few things you said, but first, just a couple of examples from my experience to support the value of what you're what you're doing. Um, years and years ago, I had uh, audio. Uh, CD training program, right? Uh, where I know people really don't use CDs anymore. So this was probably uh, 12 or so years ago, maybe 15 years ago. Yeah. I, I brought this uh, training series um, and it was called Recruitment Masterclass. Uh, to, um, cool. And I, uh, and I sold this on my website and, you know, with uh, some marketing effort. Um, and by itself, it really didn't make very much money. You know, um, I made, you know, I don't know, several thousand, let's say, but uh, not nothing to get really excited about. But um, every CD that went out was um, like, you never know what impact this is going to have because people then, uh, you know, connect with you. And like there was companies all over the world who are using my CDs to train their recruiters. And then over the years, I've had so many recruiters like reach out to me on LinkedIn or or what by email and say, by the way, um, my very first recruiting job, you trained me, even though we never met. I we we used to go into the yeah. boardroom and we'd listen to the CDs and we'd discuss them and we'd do role plays cool. and stuff. Yeah. And actually, nice. Yeah. One of the, um, what became one of my biggest ever clients is a company called Amoria Bond, who are also based in Amsterdam, which is why I spent quite a bit of time there. Um, they bought these, the CD program, one of the, one of the founders listened to it and really liked it. He reached out to me several conversations later, introduced me to the, to the other founders. And that kicked off a sort of eight or nine year relationship where they became my, my oh, biggest ever client. Yeah, amazing. Um, yeah. That little CD program. So when you're doing these webinars yeah. or, you know, putting this content out there in whatever format, you never know the impact it's going to have sort of for the long term in building relationships and, and building your, um, your, your brand. It's, it's, it's super valuable. Um, so it seems to me for, for you, uh, I, I can see two, like if I was in your shoes, I can see two big challenges. One with regards to client development. Uh, I'd like to ask you about this because how do you, you have to catch, your client at the right phase in their growth trajectory, right? So how do you go about your own business development? Yeah, good question. Well, there's a few, uh, like a few things like um, in our home market, the, 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 the Netherlands, we, um, uh, Obviously, yeah, because we like we've been in business for quite some time. There's there's quite a network here, obviously, <clears throat> but in Ananas, we also help quite a few corporates as well. Like then they're mostly not sort of in the high hyper growth scaling phase, but more in a sort of transformative phase, um, yeah. which has been for me. And I think so, sometimes I, I even see it in the tech startup scene. Like, oh my god, to work with corporates! And I mean, I actually love working with corporates as long as there are cool people working there we have the right mindset they want to like to progress their teams right um, so we've been um, uh, uh, quite lucky as well that, that, that the partnerships um, uh, have been with uh, scale-up companies tech companies but also with some corporates to really uh, uh, lay sort of the infrastructure and the base on which we are building 
our other business as well. And specifically around your question, um, with uh, it's usually like you said, it's like they're picking up some money, but of course. Before they actually picked up the money and signed the deal, they're already thinking about designing the plans and the ID. So once we have the money, eh, what should our organization look like, our org chart, and so on. Um, so I think there's some, there's a few things. So uh, of course we keep track as well. So who's picking up money? Who's, who's there? What are their IDs? Do they need to build their sales teams first because their product is already amazing? Or are they really still focusing on tech, etc., etc.? Um, uh, and so we just keep track just, of all, all the all the all here, like, How do you keep track? Are you how do you keep track of this? Are you like buying databases like Crunchbase or that sort of thing, or how do, how are you tracking yeah. who the startups are and what stage they're at? Yeah, well, like in 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 the Netherlands, there's like a, a few sort of well-known VCs who, who usually take care of the of the, uh, the the chunk, or at least are involved in the deals which are which are ongoing. So we try to keep track of them. Of course, I know quite a yeah. few of them as well. So sometimes we have chats of what's going on and what they're struggling with, and and, and etc. Um, so that's right. one way how we deal with it. Like, but it could also be like uh, newsletters from uh, from like there's there's different. And platforms you keep track of what's going on and and, and so on. So that's that's uh, that's one uh, aspect. Um, we also have uh, sort of as a uh, uh, so we have our own people who we outplace with uh, our, our clients. Let's say our keenies, and around it we also have sort of like a flexible um, layer of freelance contractor recruiters who we also sometimes okay. put on assignments uh, um, um, uh, if they need to upskill or they have a really specific domain knowledge or whatever. Um, and, and some of them have like extremely good networks. So they usually go from one eh, hot startup to another hot startup, similar to what I saw happening, uh, let's say five to ten, five to five years ago in, in in Berlin. So I think it 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 to answer your question properly, I think it boils down to mostly network um, to see what's going on. Um, who's investing in a new TA or VP uh, in hand, the people in the people front, and so on. Um, uh, and, and I would say sixty to seventy percent of our new business, it's been, yeah, it's, been, it's declined a bit yeah, because we've grown a little bit. I would say like the first year, more than ninety percent was a referral uh, new business. So hey, have you talked to these guys? They're, 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 they know what you're talking about. I think that's awesome. declined a little bit to 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 let's say I don't know. But still, fifty to sixty percent is, is is warm introductions. Hey, they've done a cool job here. Uh, it's worth talking to them, uh, and then you pick up new projects along the way, basically. And of course, then we've we've used our webinars a little bit as well as a bit of lead generation, trying to provide cool content, also in the form of uh, of newsletters. Or uh, we've opened up all the webinars that we've done, and they're downloadable content. So sometimes we push out uh, also based on knowledge, right? So uh, you might you you and your team might be struggling or dealing with these issues. Uh, uh, if you give this some thought, uh, check out our our content here. Might be interesting for you if you ever want to chat. Feel free. So. Mm-hmm. I do know that, and I, I don't know the UK market really well, but I know I do, I do know uh, what I see as sort of the Anglo-Saxon hardcore sales approach. That's not something I've been brought up with in the Netherlands, specifically up with Young Capital, um, where my former employer. Uh, basically, there my uh, uh, my task was every year close two big deals, right? So then, big corporate, national wide, or European deals. So for me. Doing sales has always been like really creating a network in and or around a specific company and then making sure that you are there at the right moment in time when they need to close a deal, basically. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's, I guess, up to a certain point what we're trying to do in the lens as well. Like I could pick up two, three, four clients in one year and we could have an amazing year. You know what I mean? So I don't need need a hundred small clients. I'd rather be... And more strategically involved, be of added value for a longer period of time with cool companies, really getting an understanding of what it is, that, where, are, where are they going, and what, because it's all, I think it's always a tailor made approach almost, right? So some people, I don't know, they need to scale their business in Poland, some need to do it in Lisbon, some need to do it in the Netherlands. And um, uh, uh, some people ask me, hey, uh, um, we're scaling our people team with, with, with 20 tech recruiters. Can you support us with that? Some other people say, hey, we're doing site reliability engineers. We can't find them. Can you support us in Lisbon with 10 of these profiles? So every, 
like no, there's no client the same. There's no assignment the, the, the same. It could be similar, obviously, right? So then we can like, and that's a, of course a cool thing with growing your company a little bit. You can say, oh, we have these people with this domain expertise might be interested to push them forward here. That's, I think, the, the good thing about sort of growing your company and getting ahead, basically. Um, but that, I guess, is uh, on, yeah, so it's, it's, it's a network. Um, of VCs, but also in, within talent, basically, so VP of talents or, or recruitment managers or whatever, and keeping track of of, uh, of them. What we've also seen happening quite a lot, and that's also something to do with the fact that we've been now in business for three years, that people that we placed in a certain position, I think something you were referred to earlier as well, um, who we placed somewhere as a, as a senior recruiter has grown into a lead role or or a manager role at a different company and then they call us hey uh keen uh, what's happening i need to grow my team uh, uh let's have a session right to see what we can do together and i think those are i think the strongest um benefits but also the most fun things around sort of the i think the community that we're trying to create right so uh, uh that they're really coming oh i'd love to work with you guys let's see what we can do and then i think those are usually the biggest compliments and not per se for me but i think moreover for our delivery team we'll just keep track of everybody there's so many touch points there's so many times that we are in contact with them even after we've placed them say how are you doing what's going on and not just because not, not only like an after sales pitch type of call right like hey how are you doing uh Chit, 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 chit. So uh, can we do business? But like, I think, and, and then, uh, you could also argue, of course, that, that that leaves us out in the sense of scalability. Uh, but from a human perspective, I, I feel that has really um, uh, brought us to where we are currently. So uh, let me just drill down on that a little bit deeper, because I think this is an area that many recruiters are not good at. And, uh, and I'm probably the same. I, I'm more of a hunter. I love, you know, winning new business and, um, new projects, new ideas. And I'm not always good at the relationship building, you know, looking after people after I've placed them, let's say, and it sounds like you guys are doing a great job of that, which is very, um, smart because essentially you're placing who could be your future clients, right? Um, so yeah, can yeah, I ask, yeah, yeah. like, what, what are, you said there's many touch points and the team really keep in close contact after they, what are those touch points? So what's the kind of, you, what does that actually look like in, in practice? How do you make sure that once you've placed someone, you're able to continue nurturing that relationship? I think there's, there's, there's probably two, like let's say uh, paths that we have here. So one clear KPIs. So have a touch point the next year with somebody that you place one week, one month, and so many months, etc. Um, okay. Which is just monitored, put in our calendars, have a, have a chat, right? They're informal. Just check up how people are doing. Everybody loves attention. So just reach out, have a casual chat, and you'll know after two, after the second, third time, there's not much. I know. Um, stuff to talk about and of course like it should not be like hey uh, again how are you doing but you just want to build upon a relationship um, and at the same time obviously the people that we've been working with and some of course there's a lot of people as well that, that don't get placed right but we are still in contact with them because we've tried to place them at and that's, that obviously also happens but they also yes. end up in our in our database more or less and they also receive like hey um, um uh, you might have missed the last, uh, last webinar. It, it's just been freed up. It's quite cool contact. Uh, check it out. Um, so I think the, 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 the red line between most of the stuff that I've, I've, I'm talking about today is, is really that we try to well, be of added value. And it sounds a bit, 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 a bit slick, but in the sense is that we're trying to support people in their growth, basically. And, as, mm. and, and usually in the beginning, there's a really high peak, right? That they're really curious, really eager, and they really, really want to learn, learn, learn. And well, then they usually use this to make a next step in their careers, and, and in, their, in, in their career, and, and they end up in a new situation. And then it could well be that the next year or the next two years, um, uh, they're fine, they're growing into that job. They might, they, they might not per se need this external uh, inf, uh, input for that learning uh, 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 in that sense. 
But then, like, I was just talking to somebody the other day who we've placed in the first uh, quarter that we were in business at a cool hypergrowth company in in in, in Berlin, N26. Um, and uh, and then reaching out again, so how are you doing? And you can just see they're in the next phase of their careers, basically, of their career. And they and they're, and they're, then they're, well, they're coming back and they're trying, they just want to spar a little bit. And I might play a role in it. I might not. Frankly, I don't really care. I'd love to. I mean, don't get me wrong, but I don't need to, right? For me, it's not a forced situation that I now need to um, uh, need to do this for the people because we're trying to enable them to um, well to make the to make the right choice and uh, in in their in their career, right? Yeah. Awesome. Um, what do you feel has been your biggest learning or your biggest? mistake if we can put it that way having you know founded and and scaling your own company that you would do differently if you had a second chance oh that's a good that's a good question um well i guess it's it's um it's one of the benefits because we've co-founded this company with three people um, and that's something I've learned from my my my, uh, my uh, former employer. Um, that then then you don't end up in in two different sides, right? I want to do this, I want to do this, right? Because you're always with free, right? So every every major ah. decision that you're making, strategic decision that you're making, you need to align, right? And if if of my other two business partners say, hey, look at that idea that you just pushed is completely crap i stop doing it then i then i can i can i can let it go basically right but if it would be just i i guess that would be quite a different situation if it would just be the two of us because then you have yeah but i think it's a good day yeah but i don't think it is a good idea and it don't really it's not too easy to get to right. a solution more or less um but at the same time that uh, uh I'm quite um, uh, uh, sort of entrepreneurial, creative. I like new new business ideas and 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 so on. So if 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 I think we've made a mistake or some things, perhaps that I would do differently if I would do it again. Perhaps even do more more focus, more niche, more more solid on one on one uh, uh, razor sharp proposition. Uh, so I feel that from day one we. We've been doing this RPO, but we also put a lot of effort in our marketing around the Keen Academy. If you're just beginning business, you know how it works. You need to get you need to get cash flow. You need to get the, the engine rolling, right? So you also pick up some other things along the way. And I think from a proposition perspective, I think not too many people know that from day one we've been well, we've been doing that that RPO really strongly as well with quite a few of our clients. Um, and perhaps I would do that slightly different in terms of our, of our, of our proposition. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's one, one learning. So like, I really, yeah, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of focus basically. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, um, that makes total sense. So one more quick question. I, I read in your bio, you have a quote from Richard Branson, screw it, let's do it. What, um, yeah. what's the business? book that has had the biggest impact on you that you recommend the most um good question i always struggle tremendously with business books i have to admit <laughs> but um no it's just that, like usually i get started and then i put it away and then i start again and you put it away and then so it's it, to me it's usually it usually takes me a lot of time to get through a book like that's that's basically that's very different for me if I'm on a holiday and I'm reading a, a more like a, a novel or whatever a biography or something like that. So I'm I'm I'm, right. I'm I have a big stack of business books besides my bed, but it's been there for quite some time to be honest. Um, <laughs> All right. I I, I love, uh, but there's one book actually which I absolutely love, um, and it's uh, from uh, Ivan Sunar, the, the founder of uh, Patagonia. Um, it's called uh, "Let My People Go Serving." Uh, I've uh, I've read it uh, uh, a few times, uh, and I've I've had that book for quite some time as well. And um, and it's really about um, I think providing people with freedom and giving them trust to do uh, what they think is necessary to get the job done. Because if you're focusing on the things that they shouldn't be doing, then you could ask yourself the question, are these the people who are really a good fit with my company? And do they have, have I put across my vision um, good enough? Are they really sort of um, 
on the same journey and path as I am. Of course, I can't, I can't expect from employees to do the thing or to have the same engagements as I have as a founder. But I feel that um, you need to provide people with freedom um, to uh, to let them excel and, and then make the best of themselves and therefore being yeah, the best possible ambassador for the company and then basically have revenue, sales, business development follow, but also in that order and not the other way around. Well said. That's awesome. I'll check that book out. I've not heard of that one. So uh, that's one I don't of the reasons. I would say it's a classical business book, but it's a, I, I love it. It's an amazing story. Fantastic. So listen, um, if people want to reach out to you, uh, Doka, and get uh, either whether they want to join your team or whether they want to find out about your academy, um, what's the what's the best way of them doing that? Yeah, just hook me up on uh, on LinkedIn. I think that's the easiest way. Uh, our recruiters are, I think, uh, spent uh, uh, usually slightly too much, slightly too much time on on LinkedIn. But uh, yeah, just hook me up. Send me a message uh, um, uh, or invite for a chat. I'm open for everything, and, uh, and uh, I think that's the easiest way to go about it. So either go to uh, uh, We Are Keen on LinkedIn or on our website, obviously, uh, or go to my LinkedIn profile, Duke uh, Gitma, or find We Are Keen, whatever way. Uh, as easy as my number is there, my email is there, um, and just drop me a message to see uh, what we can do. Love to uh, love to connect. I think that's one of the coolest things of uh, of being in our space. Uh, I'm curious. I'm a curious mind, so I love meeting people, um, uh, and it was a pleasure meeting you as well, Mark. So thanks for the invite and for the for the chat. Yeah. So all the links will be in the show notes, so you can reach out to Duca. Thank you for your time today. Really uh, stimulating conversation. So. Until we meet again, thanks very much. All right. Thanks to you. Ciao. Thank you so much for listening to The Resilient Recruiter. If you've enjoyed the show, the best way you can show your support is to click that subscribe button. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.